But would I be faster or slower if I had some extra sets of leg-like pseudopods like a caterpillar? Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. Every kid loves caterpillars. When I was a kid, I loved finding woolly bear caterpillars and watching them crawl along peacefully. I didn't love the time I felt a tickle on the back of my neck and reached back to discover a much more menacing-looking caterpillar there, complete with tufts of wacky-looking hairs. And it gave me a little rash to boot. From smooth, snake-mimicking caterpillars, to fuzzy, friendly-looking ones, to foreboding, tufted ones with an underlying evil clown look, there is an amazing diversity of caterpillars around. But the caterpillar that is getting most of the attention around here these days is the invasive brown-tail moth caterpillar. Before we dive into that species, though, what is a caterpillar? The larval stage of the Lepidoptera order of insects, also known as the butterflies and moths, is called a caterpillar. It can be hard to believe that caterpillars are destined to turn into a moth or a butterfly since they look so wildly different from that adult form. Take the woolly bear caterpillar. Have you ever considered what those dark brown and black caterpillars turn into? They transform into Isabella tiger moths with graceful black spots dotting an elegant pale tan and pink backdrop. The same contrasting metamorphosis occurs in brown tail moths. This species is named for the brown tails of the adult moth, which is otherwise white. The fuzzy brown abdomen can be hard to see hidden underneath the white wings, but you can often see it if you look closely. The caterpillar form of this species is what we first need to learn to identify, however, due to the toxin present in its hairs that can cause an irritating and long-lasting poison ivy-like rash on contact or respiratory distress if inhaled. In addition to these fine hairs adorning the brown tail moth caterpillar, their bodies are mostly dark brown with each segment outlined in white and with two characteristic bright orange dots right on the tail end. May, June, and July are the months to watch out for brown tail moth caterpillars and take care to protect your skin and lungs from the possible presence of their hairs blowing around in a dry breeze. The toxin in their hairs can last for over three years, so if you've had brown tail moths in your area last year or even the year before, still take care when gardening or doing yard work that might stir up those hairs. Brown-tail moths are native to Europe and were accidentally introduced to Massachusetts in the late 1800s. Their populations across New England have ebbed and flowed over more than a century, but we have been seeing a major population spike in Maine in the past few years. The caterpillars feed on the foliage of a variety of hardwood and fruit trees, such as oaks, apples, cherries, and even rugosa rose. Large populations of these invasive caterpillars not only threaten human health, but also can defoliate, sometimes to the point of killing, the trees and shrubs where they feed. Importantly, before you get too freaked out by these caterpillars and start recklessly killing any caterpillar you see, note that we have a couple of native lookalikes, eastern and forest tent caterpillars. While up close, our native tent caterpillars lack the characteristic pair of orange dots on a brown tail moth caterpillar. Their silken webs in many of the same tree species can be confused for a brown-tail moth web, most noticeable in April and May. However, our native tent caterpillars make their tents in the crotches of branches, or where a branch meets the trunk of the tree. Brown-tail moth webs hang from the tips of branches. 
So the next time you're outside, you could look for the signs of brown-tailed moths and compare them with any tent caterpillars nearby. Remember that native pests have native controls. Tent caterpillars are eaten by a wide variety of native birds and die back during hot spring weather. Their defoliation rarely kills their tree host. Not so for invasive brown-tailed moths. So to avoid concentrating their populations in your yard, be sure to turn off outdoor lights at night, especially during July and August, so the adult moths won't congregate. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) 